level up your hunting game and join the cause. Help preserve small town Texas hunting culture and become a more successful hunter by learning the best ways to squeeze the most out of your budget and precious time out in the field. Welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Here are your resident bandits, Richard Kinchlow and Jimmy Byrne. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Corn Bandit coming at you live over your computer or uh, phone speaker to do to you today. Hope you're having a good one. Hope you've gotten out and enjoyed a little bit of that turkey season today. Uh, we are going to do uh, part two, if you will, or part deux, as they say in old uh, France, I think. Uh, of talking Texas turkeys. So again, part two, Texas, talking Texas turkeys. And again, kind of the, uh, the point of these is really just to kind of give you some tips, suggestions, you know, when you're out uh, going to your place, uh, to hunt turkeys, or uh, obviously if you've never hunted turkeys before, uh, again, just some general tips, observations that I have had throughout my illustrious career of, uh, 455 years of hunting the wild turkey. Uh, I have seen it all. And um, uh, anyway, so uh, without further ado, let's jump right into it. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about location and uh, we're going to talk about calls uh, because, uh, you know, there's a you know, calls can be calls can be kind of tricky. And uh, it seems like different birds, like different types of calls, different types of years. So, or uh, excuse me, different times uh, during the season. So we will we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that. And then, as far as location is concerned, this is kind of you know where where do you set up? Do you hunt the roost? Do you not? Uh, what is a roost? Where is the where where to look for a roost? So on and so forth. So uh, I figured those were two pretty good topics. And again. Uh, the hope is that you can uh, listen to this and then apply it to what you're doing out there at the area where you uh, hunt turkeys. Um, so yeah, again, without uh, further uh, delay here, let's let's jump into calls and talk about the different turkey calls that are on the market today, and 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 really, you know, what, in my opinion, which ones work well, and um, you know, so on and so forth. So again, kind of the theory behind this is that. You know, you're you're on your way to your land, and, um, you know, hopefully this will give you some tips. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I suggest having one of every call that you can find, okay? So, you know, again, kind of the different, different calls we'll talk about, you know, the box call, uh, you have the slate call, um, you know, they, they make a wide variety of these, kind of what I kind of like to call like hand, high hand calls, where you can, like a little hand squawker when you just kind of press the stick down and it does the you know, uh, and then they've got the mouth call, you know, or the, uh, the gag call, which, uh, is the, the funniest thing on the face of the earth to me, you know, watching somebody do a mouth call like they've never done before. And then them gagging, it, it, it's hysterical. I, I love it. It is so funny. And it's always made me, uh, just break out laughing. So, uh, those are the types of, uh, the calls. And of course you have the, the wing bone call and, uh, and, then, and then you've got other other calls that are not exactly dedicated to getting a turkey to respond, but you know finding a turkey. So um, this kind of goes into more of a more of a gear thing, but it also applies to calls. So um, you know, in, in locating a turkey, you know, especially early in the morning, late in the evening, an owl hooter works. And uh, you know when you do that, woo, 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 
the uh, the gobblers will gobble. You know, owls are notorious for eating baby turkeys, I guess, and they just don't get along. Um, you know, the whole birds of feather flock together, I guess, does not apply to these predator and prey species. Uh, so yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, they've also got the, uh, the crow call. Okay. So the crow call, uh, crows and baby turkeys, I guess, again, don't get along as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes gobblers will respond to crows. So there's a little, a little tip for you. If you're hunting in an area, uh, where you've got crows or ravens or whatnot, and, you know, you hear them, you know, doing, doing what they do. They're, they're calling, I guess you could say, and yeah, be listening. Um, and, and kind of train yourself to listen for those, <coughs> listen for those gobbles because uh, that'll definitely, definitely let go. That'll definitely pinpoint where a turkey is. And I've often found a little bit later in the season when the when the gobblers are real good and worked up, you know, they, they'll gobble at a, a car horn or a door slamming. So, uh, you know, they'll definitely gobble at a, at a crow call. So, so be 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 listening for those. Uh, but back to the actual turkey calls and kind of what they what they use. You know, again, point of this: you're on your way to your place, you're about to go to your place. You know, and you know, again, like I say, I think you've always got to have one of each. You got to try one of each because it seems like different birds, different part of the states prefer something a little bit different. For example, uh, growing up, I hunted in uh, Throckmorton. That's where I, I kind of cut my teeth on a wild turkey. Didn't have a lot of wild turkey either. So, you know, seeing one was just, I mean, I'll never forget it. It was, it was really kind of a treasured thing. And then, boy, to be able to harvest one, it's unbelievable. Um, but, uh, you know, Rancho Bandito, we're, we're, we're covered of them. They're, they're, they're like grasshoppers in the summer, billions of them. And uh, it still doesn't diminish their value. But, you know, seeing them, it's like, hey, look, another turkey. Uh, but, uh, the, the turkeys in Throckmorton, Texas on the, on the, the lease that we hunted, they responded almost exclusively, I felt like, uh, to mouth calls. Okay. And so that, that's awesome. Cause I, I know how to use a mouth call. Yes. I went through the whole gag, gag thing. And that was funny. Still laugh. Uh, but my father did something very, very smart. And I still actually have my original, uh, mouth call, which I think my dad probably let me use one maybe when I was like uh, fourth grade, something of that nature. So, uh, what he did was genius. He took a pair of scissors and he cut it down for me. So I remember trying it, you know, and it would, it would kind of tickle the back of my, the roof of my mouth and I dry heave, you know, again, it's, it's funny, but, uh, we got a pair of scissors and cut that thing down. And of course he gave me the whole lecture, you know, son, you swallow this thing, you're dead, you know? Uh, but, but that really worked. I learned how to call turkeys from a, a young age with a mouth call. Uh, I prefer a mouth call if I can, because, well, obviously you're hands free. Uh, so, you know, when that, when that bird is coming in, you're holding up that shotgun you're, you're on your, on your, your bot, your butt. Okay. And, uh, not have, not using a slate call is, uh, that's, that's really nice when you get a bird working in. So, uh, but, but that being said, uh, the mouth calls are not all that popular at Rancho Bandito. In fact, the uh, slate call seems to be the call of choice. Of course, that one being the more difficult of the, of the calls, in my opinion, because if it gets wet, it's, it kind of screws things up. Now that they, they are making slate calls now that they are, you know, impervious to water. Uh, and then, you know, what striker do you use? What if you lose your striker? Oh my God, there's a million different things. I prefer, I, I, I've just got a, a Quaker boy 
uh, slate. Had it for a thousand years. Got a great sweet spot. Um, I've got a Brillo, a little Brillo pad that came with it. Uh, before each hunt, I'll just give it a just a quick light little scrape, and that kind of gets the friction going because obviously that's what it is a friction call. My striker is a wood striker. You know they make metal, they make you know they make all kinds of stuff, and, and I just I've I've tried them. I've never liked the sound. I I, I get the best results from this. Uh, just you know. Like I bought a striker variety kit because I lost my damn striker out there in the field, which when you rely on a slate call is a lot of trouble. So there's another tip for you. Carry a, a second striker with you because you're going to lose one, and it's aggravating as hell. Uh, but yeah, so the turkeys at Rancho Bandito, they really prefer um, that slate call. So again, having one of everything is important. Now, if you're sitting here driving to your property right now and you're thinking to yourself, damn, you know, A, I didn't know if they made another turkey call, or you know what, maybe this is the reason why I'm not getting any responses ever is because maybe it's my call. Well, I guess what? You're 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 A, you're not alone, and B, you got plenty of time. Stop at your local uh, feed store there in the town, small town near you, and uh, pick up what you need. Guarantee you they've got uh, anything that you have left in the big city. The small towns have got it, and um, that is uh, exactly what... Uh, what they're there for. So skip the big box store and go get you some gear at your local feed store, uh, small town store. Uh, so let, again, we'll talk about the different calls and kind of when I, when I like to use them again, a lot of it depends on your location and what the birds are used to. Uh, I think, um, I think a, a big thing for, for you know hunting especially for kids and for new beginners is you know a call that's easy to use and the box call is by far uh, in a way the the easiest uh, call to use so the box call um i i don't think it sounds the best um and and, and so i don't think it sounds the best i don't think it sounds the sweetest but it is the easiest to use. And if you can use it well, I mean, it, it, it's it's a really great call. The other thing that I love about the box call, and the reason why I carry one, I hardly ever use it. But on those super, super windy days, okay, when you're wanting to get a gobbler's attention, there is nothing better than a box call. A box call will project that sound out there, and uh, it is it is incredibly loud. The birds will hear it. They will respond. And... Um, it is uh, you, you typically good, good, get good results. So again, if you don't have a box call, pull off at your local food store. Go pick one up. Uh, they are great, great for kids. Of course, don't let your kids screw around with them while you're hunting. Because again, well, you you second you hit that call, if it sounds even something different, or uh, it sounds like even remotely like a turkey, they are going to uh, come to you. Uh, that being the case, we'll move on to the slate call. Again, the slate call. More difficult, okay, you got to get the right angle. Uh, I like the sound, sounds better. It's easier for me personally to do a lot of the calls, the yelp, the cluck, the, um, you know, kind of the uh, uh, the purr, especially. I, the purr is a call uh, that I use. It literally just goes, and you just, you just, it, it's kind of tough to, to show you. Maybe I'll do a video of me actually doing a purr call, or you can actually see it on YouTube. Uh, but the purr call is kind of my closing call, okay? I, I found that if I got a gobbler who's hung up, uh, if I do that purr, man, that just that gets their attention. They're like, hey, yes, sir, I got myself a, 
Yeah, myself, a young lady who we want to make acquaintances with. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the slate call is great. Again, some of the the cons with the slate call, uh, you lose your striker. You're you're out of you're out of you're out of you're in bad shape. If it rains, you can be in bad shape too, or even sweat, or just any water in your hands can uh, can definitely screw things up. I'd say the, the the biggest down part about a slate call is that if you've got if you're in hunting in an area and you're not in very good position meaning where you're you're situated in your setup um you know working a slate call on your you know you know for me on my left thigh with my left hand while i'm holding my gun is is very difficult so uh, that makes it that makes it difficult that being said uh there have been a lot of times where i'm sitting there hunting turkeys i'll start out with my slate call and uh, you know to really get them going and then i will try to finish them with my mouth call Especially if I'm in an area where, you know, I don't have a lot of cover. I'm up against the base of a tree, but I really don't have a lot of room to move my hands without getting nailed. I'll have a mouth call in my um, in my mouth, and I'll just try to finish them with a couple of small little clucks and pucks and things of that nature. So, uh, again, you know, these calls are 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 definitely meant for, you know, for different birds and different situations. Um, uh, but again, they can all be effective, and, and who knows? You know, you may be in a scenario where your your birds answer to nothing but a slate call, or or maybe your birds will answer to a slate call early on, and they like the box call later. You've really got to kind of experiment and um, and 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 see what's going on with you uh, with your area. I think probably the the biggest mistake a lot of folks make when they're out there they're calling is uh, it's just not sounding realistic, okay? I mean, it's very similar to duck hunting. I mean, have you ever heard a duck that's constantly... Wah, 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 wah. No, no, you, you don't. Unless the duck has got some sort of chronic wasting duck disease that hadn't been invented yet that's going to destroy duck hunting, uh, you're not just going to see some you know, jack, uh, some you know, jerk mallard out there just quacking his, his guts out, you know? Um, you got to be realistic. That being the case... You're not going to traditionally, you're not going to see a hen out there, you know, sitting there doing a turkey call for fit, you know, for, for five minutes. You know, for example, I, I've heard some people they'll do a turkey call like this for a yelp, they'll go, and they do it way too long. You know, I mean, the, the turkey's going to suffocate, it's got to be able to breathe. So, you gotta, you gotta act like a turkey, you gotta act like a hen. That being the case, I've seen some hens that will go and then they'll you know i've seen them but you're not you you don't want to sit there and just go to town on a slate call okay and uh you know do it for 10 minutes straight it's not realistic um you know the other thing is is you don't want to overcall okay and especially with the mouth call and with the slate call you know you hit one wrong tune and that gobbler's hung up or that gobbler is suspicious guess what he's out of there so again, kind of with duck hunting, I'd say the 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 less the better, um, in in my opinion. Something that, that I like to do is, and I don't know if there's any truth to this or not, but it's just something that I feel. I I feel especially early in the season that, or early early to to mid season, I I feel like if I sit there and if I see a gobbler, okay, and say he's 500 yards away, he's got a couple of hens with him, okay, and I got my decoy, I'm in great shape. I know that gobbler can hear me. I know he can hear me. I know he can see me. I feel like if I sit there and just lay it on him, right, I'm just calling, 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 he will sit there and attend to that live hen. 
and will not pay any attention to me because he knows he can see me. He knows he can hear me. So, uh, you know, and you would think, okay, well, that's what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to keep his attention, but I'm telling you, uh, kind of a trick that I've used again when they hang up or they're with hens uh, is just shut up, stop calling. Uh, and you'd be surprised. It's almost like they become concerned, you know, and they want to come over and, and, and check it out. It's worked with me a lot of the time. I, I'd say more often than not, if I've got a gobbler who's hinned up or he's with hens and I start going crazy on the call, he, he's not, again, he's going to walk away because he's got a live hen. So um, it sounds like it's kind of crazy. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but 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 give it a shot. See if it, see if it works for you. Uh, so that is again, kind of just some, some tips and tricks. I, I think with the calls, um, uh, give it a shot, see what you think, you know, and try them all for God's sakes, try them all, especially, you know, if you've been out there and you hadn't had any luck, you know, try, try something else. I remember my first couple of years at Rancho Bandito, you know, both my father and I, you know, again, coming from the mouth call, you know, uh, the, the mouth call side of things. You know, we were sitting there wearing them out with those mouth calls, and then we had tons of turkey, tons of turkey, and we just weren't getting a lot of reaction. I mean, some would gobble, some would come in, but it wasn't like we were used to. Switch the slate call, and look what happened. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of a, a real-life scenario there for you. Okay, location. Boy, location's huge. Uh, and, and when we talk about location, this is, you know, where to set up, you know, where to find turkeys. Um, you know, there are some folks that may, maybe you're a first time turkey hunter, you know, or you've been out there deer hunting and, uh, you know, you've, um, you know, you've seen these turkeys and you want to give them a shot. Obviously I encourage you to do so. They taste great. And we'll talk about recipes a little bit later on here in the, uh, in the podcast in the coming weeks of the season. But, uh, you know, lo location, you know, what, what, do, what do the turkeys do? You know, where, where do they go? Well, we, first of all, turkeys roost in trees. Okay. Um, and they they prefer to they prefer to roost in, in large trees overrunning water. Okay, don't really know why, but but that's what they like to do. If they can't find running water, well, they'll just they'll be above a dry creek bed. Uh, if they don't have a dry creek bed, I've seen them just roost in big oak trees. Okay, if they don't have that, I've seen them on telephone poles, uh, you know, telephone wire out there in you know, in, in West Texas. So they will definitely find. A, a spot to roost and if you're a turkey hunter and you're trying to figure out you know where are these birds well go look for your tree go look for big trees really again over water and listen for them you don't have to actually sing them uh, you, you can hear them and they'll be up there um, and that's going to be their roost okay so that's obviously where they're going to assemble and fly up at night and then they'll fly down in the morning okay a lot of people uh, hunt the roost do I ever hunt the roost no I don't uh, because nothing pisses me off and a lot of action earlier in the morning, right? I mean, I don't want to be woken up and to have the, the crap scared out of me. So I, I kind of think of it the same way of the turkeys too. Uh, I do not hunt roosts. I never have. Um, I, I suspect if, you know, if, um, God, if it was the last day of a hunt on a $10 billion hunt going after the rare unicorn turkey, would I hunt the roost? Yeah, I probably would, but Generally speaking, I, I won't. And the reason why is, I mean, it's just, I'm not saying it's not fair, okay, but it, it's kind of an ambush tactic. It gets like sitting by a feeder, right? Uh, again, which is not, I, I'm not against it, you know, especially with kids, you know, it, it's a great spot to shoot a turkey is by a corn feeder where you know they're going to be in there, okay, and the hens are going to come in there maybe and feed, the gobblers are going to be there looking for hens, so it's a great place set up. 
Um, and a lot of people hunt by the roost. I just don't. Okay. Uh, but, but again, that is me. Uh, yeah, so, so, but they, again, you know, the roost is one spot. Again, we just talked about in other places around those, around your corn feeders, okay? You know, these corn feeders or even protein feeders are, are good spots. Great places to set up pop-up blinds, especially for your kids. Uh, one little tip on the pop-up blinds, I, 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 I've been doing it for seasons now, okay, with, with kids. And the pop-up blinds just do not seem to bother the turkeys. They bother the hell out of the deer. The deer can't stand it. You know, they, they, and it's, it's just so funny how that works. You know, their, their, their senses are so acute in so many ways that they're very similar, but, uh, in other ways, they're not similar at all. And it, when it comes to something be out of place, the deer are all freaking over it. They can't stand it. In fact, this past weekend with my daughter, uh, had a bird coming in again, a young gobbler. I think I talked on last week's show, uh, a young gobbler who came in and, uh, he was startled because a deer snorted. And that was just enough to get him to say, you know what? I think I was going to head to the roost tonight. I'm not going to bother with this. And so, uh, you know, ruined, quote unquote, the hunt for my daughter. But um, again, nothing wrong with, with hunting near those, near, hunt, uh, nothing wrong with hunting near those feeders. Uh, going back to calls real quick. I just noticed a little note I had, uh, you know, real quickly. You know, when you make a turkey call, you got to realize that, well, first of all, they hear a hell of a lot better than you do. Uh, second of all, the second you make a call, you are exposing yourself to, um, the, to turkeys around you, whether it be hens or gobblers, they have heard you and, uh, turkeys are social beings. So they're going to typically, they're going to come to you. Okay. So, you know, if, if you're out there playing cat and mouse and running and gunning, like we say, you got to be careful because as you're making calls and progressing, if you can hear a gobbler, chances are that gobbler's coming to you. Now, what else is going to get you are the silent gobblers, you know, gobblers who are a little suspicious, a little weary. They don't make themselves present because maybe there's another dominant go uh, gobbler or some of those, uh, some of those damn jakes that we were talking about. Okay. You know, the, the ones that will beat the snot out of you. Um, you know, they'll sneak up on you. So if you're making calls, okay, and, and, and moving from cover to cover, you know, you've got to be careful because again, they're going to see you and boy, they're gone out of there, out of there, out of there. Uh, so, you know, I really prefer when I'm making calls, okay, uh, turkey call, and I like to calculated moves, okay. You know, you, you don't want to cross out there in the open of no man's land. You're, you're in trouble, you know, uh, bring a good pair of binoculars. When I was a kid, I had great eyes. I can see now my eyes suck and, uh, boy, advantage turkey for sure. So uh, bring some binoculars with you, and that will help you as you're calling and uh, and running and gunning and looking for birds. So uh, anyways, that is all we really got for tonight. Again, another short segment, but I hope this is helpful to you all. Uh, again, talking about location and calls. Um, you know, it's uh, turkey hunting's a lot of fun. If you've never tried it before, definitely give it a, give it a whirl. You're shooting a turkey with a shotgun at close range. Phenomenal. A lot of fun. We're going to talk a little bit more about gear next week. Some of the things that, you know, if you're packing up to go hunting turkeys, especially for the first time, some things you really want to bring with you uh, that, that can make a difference. So we will talk about gear and God knows what else in the next, on the next uh, piece. So uh, until then, good luck out there in the turkey woods. Be careful of the snakes. Uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, you are uh, facing up against an animal who is incredibly talented, incredibly uh, uh, wild and weary. So good luck to you. Uh, and as always, support your local food store. They, God knows they need us now. 
uh, keep those deer feeders full. The antlers are starting to definitely grow. Uh, seeing some full brow tines now, probably in East Texas, if I had to guess. So um, it's a good time to be out there in the forest and the woods, fixing to get hot, folks. So enjoy it. Again, support your local food store, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. If you like what we discuss on the show, be sure to sign up to our email list to get even more killer hunting ideas, tips, tricks, and exclusive deals on innovative hunting gear and services delivered straight to your inbox. Sign up over at FeedBandit.com or simply by texting the word BANDIT to 33777. See you on the next one. And remember, support your local feed store.